Hello, this is Dr. Carla Johnston. I want to welcome you personally and thank you for joining me today. In this podcast, we'll be exploring information, ideas, and strategies to identify our unique and individual approach to living a nourished life. I'll be discussing topics that enhance our mind, body, and spirit. So let's have a bigger conversation, one that expands and brings more joy, happiness, and a sense of well-being. I'm delighted that you're here. So let's get started. Hello, welcome to episode two, Wisdom of Winter. For some of us, winter is a beautiful time to be quiet and enjoy cold outdoors, or if we're in a climate where it's not so cold, the beginning of a new calendar year as we head toward the season of spring. For others, they consider themselves to be like bears, asking for people to let them hibernate through the winter and wake them in the spring. And while I understand that, there is a wisdom to winter, no matter where you are. So if we take our cue from nature and we look at trees in cold climates, the trees don't have any leaves. It looks like there's really not a whole lot going on there. When in actuality, it's the roots that are taking in the nutrients and preparing the tree for the upcoming spring and the buds and leaves to grow. So with winter and looking at the wisdom of winter for myself and for those that I work with, it's really about nourishing the roots. How do we stay grounded? Most often the conversation centers around immunity and I'll get asked, what supplement can I take? What's the best vitamin C brand? It's everywhere. It's on TV and ads and friends, doctors. And as I said, we're going to have a bigger conversation about that because there are ways that we can support our immunity all year long and then utilize the wisdom of winter to do that as well. So let's begin by thinking about how we're going to nourish our own roots, our own foundation. And the first is to think about our gut health. Our digestive health is essential for immunity. I've given many talks on the microbiome, and it's been in the news a lot lately. Lots of research going on. And the microbiome is a community of bacteria that live on and inside our body. Interestingly, the genes in our microbes are in greater numbers than our DNA. So that's quite a lot. Also, the amount of the bacteria in our body can weigh as much as five pounds. So we kind of joke with each other about that extra five pounds is our beneficial bacteria in our body. So the point of that is that keeping a balance is essential for health. And as a nutritionist, digestive health is essential for all of these pieces to come together. So let's start with nutrition. So rooted vegetables just seem to be the logical choice. It's what's in season for sure. And they're a great way to get our vitamins and minerals and nutrients and fiber during the winter season. The colors are spectacular. They're easy to prepare for most. I'm a big batch person. I'm also a soup person in complete transparency. I am the soup lady. And I love them this time of year for many reasons. Soups are a great way to stay hydrated. They're easy to prepare. You can experiment with different vegetables. 
and spices. They're a great way to use leftovers, so it's an economical dish. They can also be batched, so I can double or triple a recipe and then freeze individually for later on. And this controls the sodium and adds the ingredients that I want without the ingredients that I may not want. Dark leafy greens in the winter are another way to boost our nourishment and to keep us grounded that support the microbiome. They bring balance. They're an incredible fuel for our bodies and ones that a lot of us don't often get enough of. So whether we throw them in soups or we saute them next to our main dish or add them to a smoothie, this would be the time of the year to really think about the dark leafy greens. So in winter, for most of us who live in a cold climate, warm, spicy foods bring this type of nourishment. They help build the microbiome. They build up the beneficial bacteria that allow us to fight off any pathogens or microbes. So the next time you're making me a look at it, is it colorful? Does it contain a variety of foods? Do you see that you have some fiber and some fats on there? And what was your intention when you made the meal? And when I mentioned soups, I talked about hydration. Hydration is really one that I have a conversation a lot about this time of year. So during summer months and spring months, a lot of people will walk around with their water bottles because they're pretty busy and it's warm out. In the winter, sometimes it's easy to forget about hydration. Most of the time I hear about hydration or the discussion centers around hydration from a dehydrated standpoint, meaning that someone's skin is dry or perhaps there might be this feeling that they're not able to move food through their body as quickly or they're feeling uncomfortable. So we look at hydration. Hydration is really crucial for our bodies in a couple of really important ways. The first is that it flushes toxins out of our bodies, just the normal everyday pathogens that we come in contact with. So by flushing these toxins, we help prevent future infections. It also, if we think about it, hydration is fluid moving through. So it's delivering the vitamins and nutrients to the cells. It's the transporters that get what we eat, all of the good bits into the cells to help them work properly, to be functional. And it also helps us regulate body temperature. So hydration is an important piece of that. And that's why for me, soups are such a great way to be able to do that. So hydration, a lot of people will think about water, and certainly that's part of it. Herbal teas without sugar are another great way to get hydration in. And then soups would be as well. There's some vegetables that are high in water content. So all of those pieces throughout the day add to our hydration total. So the question when we talk about hydration that I get asked often is, well, how much water or how much hydration? So a good rule of thumb is half your body weight in ounces. For example, if you weigh 100 pounds, that would be about 50 ounces of hydration a day. Now, I will caution that if you have a disease condition or you are in the obesity category, there are different calculations for hydration. So that's just a good rule of thumb. You want to follow the hydration guidelines based on your own set of circumstances. So we've talked about nutrition. We've talked about those 
bright, beautiful plates or bowls that we're creating and we're including hydration throughout the day, what other wisdoms of winter can we incorporate into our lives? And I get a chuckle sometimes when we talk and and I'll get asked, well, what's the best supplement for sleep? And those that know me know I want to have a bigger conversation about that because we often overlook the importance of sleep, the impact that it has on our brain health and our digestive health and our cardiovascular health. It's imperative for immunity. The ability of our brain to reset and shut down helps to reset those emotions we might have had during the day, which can in and of itself become a stressor for the brain. So it's a reset. It's a calming. The same thing holds true for the digestive system. Our tissues are resetting and repairing themselves when we sleep. It allows our entire body to relax. Our hormone levels reset, especially stress hormones such as cortisol. So All stressors are not terrible and are not so detrimental to our health. We certainly want to have the ability when we need to move or when we need to function to have those stressors, those hormones be active. We also want to allow that to calm down. We don't want to live in a constantly stressed body. And this is where sleep comes in. So before someone asks me about a sleep supplement, we talk about what are those things we can do to improve sleep. And it's a practice. It can be difficult to quiet a busy mind. And this is where the exploration and experimentation that we talked about earlier can come into play. So we want to begin to prepare to go to bed for those of us with busy minds a little before we head there. And that might mean turning phones and computers and even for some of us reading. Some who read find peace and are able to relax, which brings on sleep. And for others, it keeps a busy brain busy and can be difficult to shut down. Having a room that's conducive for sleep is also important. So if your room is too hot or it's too cold and it becomes difficult to get comfortable, that can interrupt sleep. Allowing yourself time to rest, even for those that say they don't have time, I do challenge and push back on that, even for myself. If I don't have time for good rest and good sleep, where will that show up later? Well, it will show up later when I'm incredibly stressed and not able to calm down later. I can become irritable. Even people will report brain fog, feeling foggy, unable to find the right word, unable to feel well, grounded, energetic, happy, content. And yes, all of those can originate through sleep deprivation. I also look at rest as well as sleep. So for many during winter months, even taking short rest breaks throughout the day can be helpful to kind of boost our ability to calm the mind, to calm the body down. For some, naps are really helpful and for others, not so much. So this is where the exploration comes into play. A caution would be if you're attempting to take naps and you're finding that it's interrupting your ability to sleep all night, you might want to factor that in to your plan. Now, are there nights that you don't get restful sleep or that you're 
awoken in the middle of the night and not able to get back to sleep. Absolutely. Chronically, though, it can become a habit. I spoke with someone who wasn't able to sleep and found themselves waking around 2.30, 3 o'clock every morning. And this person decided to go ahead and switch on the television, kind of pass the time away. And during the morning, they were finding they were really having a difficult time to get to lunch. They were really feeling tired with a short fuse, even losing appetite. And so we started to experiment with different things, different techniques, different strategies for when that 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning rolled around instead of the television. And this person was able, through some trial and error, to find ways to be able to stay quiet and rest, and eventually they were able to sleep later in the morning. So when you're looking for immune boosters and you begin to monitor what you're putting on your plate, is it nourishing? Is it colorful? Is it diverse with beautiful vegetables and hydration? Do you have enough hydration that you're taking in during the day? And are you sleeping well? And this kind of brings me back around to with the mind, the quietness of the mind. So we can be really busy. Most of us are. We have pretty full calendars, pretty full schedules, lots to do. And in the wintertime, I remind others as well as I really remind myself that the wisdom of winter allows us to just be and honor that we do. So as I always say, it's a both-end conversation. So as much as I do and get done, I want to be, and that could be quiet. So for some of us, quiet time is meditation. For some of us, quiet time is taking a walk outside or reading a good book or sitting by the fire or spending time with family, catching up with a friend. It doesn't have to be solitude. For others, embracing the cold weather and going outside and and seeing the shift, possibly snow or cold or wind, enjoying that feeling of that cold air on one's face. For others, winter can be a time where there's a feeling of isolation. And so what will bring a feeling of connectedness to you during this winter season? I would submit that all of these activities support overall health. So if you're supporting your digestive system, that's supporting your cardiovascular system. All of the other systems go hand in hand. They all support one another. So nourishing the roots with delicious food, seasonal foods, colorful foods, making sure that we have enough hydration during the day to support our body and all of its functionality, to quiet our mind when it needs to be quiet so that it can be sharp when we need it to be sharp, and to rest to allow all of our body systems to calm down, to reset, to regenerate, to heal. So in this period of winter, take a moment to look at the wisdom of this season. And if it's not your favorite, it can be helpful to find a few things that you do like about it. And if you love it, embrace it and continue to enjoy it. All of these things support the immune system. So when people ask me, which supplement supports immune system or what's the best brand of vitamin C? This is the conversation I like to have. I hope you found it helpful. And again, enjoy the wisdom of winter. Thank you for tuning in to my podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe to this podcast through your favorite app store, or you can sign up through my website, drcarlajohnston.com. 
I hope you're leaving with some great ideas and information that will bring happiness and a sense of well-being into your life. Music for this podcast has been provided by the Petrichor and their beautiful song, Always Searching. Have a fantastic day. Until next time. Thank you.